0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Swatch of Horrors. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Swatch of Horrors. And also follow, subscribe, rate wherever you like to listen to podcasts currently on Spotify, Apple, Google, and a few others. This is episode four, so thank you for tuning in. If you're new, I'm your host, Memes, and I used to be a makeup artist. And although I no longer work in the beauty industry, I still have a lot of horror stories to share with you, and so do my guests. If you're a client, you're going to learn what it's like to be on the other side of the chair and hear about some of these horror stories that beauty professionals sometimes have to go through. And if you're a beauty professional, me and my guests will share some lessons that we've learned and some tips and advice on how to navigate some of these difficult situations so that when they happen to you, you'll know what to do. Swatch of horrors. am looking for a this I just wanted to say thank you so much to everyone who has tuned into the Swatch of Horrors podcast, whether it be following it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere, and even following the podcast on Instagram. Thank you so much for this episode. It's going to be a little different than the last three that I have put out. Today will be a solo episode where I take you through one of my horror stories that I've had working as a makeup artist. And I'm also going to take you through a segment called COVID Catch-Up where I make sure my listeners check in mentally with how they're doing. And give a little bit of advice about how to handle the present day situation so it has been so hot lately there has been a heat wave where I'm at and honestly my deodorant's failing like I don't I don't know if I'm just putting it on at the wrong time or I'm forgetting to put it on and then by the time I remember I'm like oh my god like what's that musky ass smell oh oh it's me okay you know, I'm using clinical strength. I'm using like like my regular deodorants that I've always gone to that I know work for me, they're just they're just done. They they've they've tapped out. Don't know what's going on, okay? It's hot. That's all. It's just hot. That's what it is. So, in my previous episodes, I like to talk to my guests in the beginning a little bit about how they are mentally, especially with COVID. So I'm going to officially call the segment COVID Catch-Up. Maybe it's not something you want to hear. Some people are just tired of hearing about the virus, COVID-19. That's all there is on the news, on social media. I get it. It can be exhausting. But what I want to focus more about is the mental health aspect of it just to make sure that the people who are listening check in with yourself to make sure that you're doing okay mentally because this is something that most people in the world who are living right now have not been through anything like this. Uh, The biggest thing that I've learned is not fighting how you feel and, and just accepting it and welcoming it in and just going through it. Uh, you don't always have to be positive. If that's not how you're feeling, then that's not how you're feeling. Like it's just real life, you know. Real life isn't always rainbows and unicorns, and it's not going to be that all the time, and that's okay. When the pandemic started, I wasn't okay. I've had some episodes. I've gotten so much better about dealing with the new reality of of things, and I think a lot of it is acceptance. So you know, ask yourself how you're feeling. And if you're feeling bad, then feel bad. Don't feel guilty about feeling bad. Don't put a judgment on how you're feeling because when you start judging yourself and being so critical of how you feel, it just makes, it just makes everything worse. So just don't do it. So for my COVID catch-up segment this episode, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about some high stress moments that I had recently. For the most part, I've I feel like I'm in a better headspace now than I was when the pandemic first happened. But recently I had probably meltdown number four or five, maybe four. I think four is a good number. You know, I just feel like it was a buildup of emotions of things that I cannot control. And I think that's a reoccurring theme for me. Try to focus on things that you can control, which is something I'm trying to do. There are certain things that I can do to keep myself as safe as possible and to minimize the risk. Try to do that and also talk about your feelings. I noticed when I had my moment recently, I have been bottling up a lot of my feelings and I haven't been direct about how I've been feeling. So that kind of tends to make me feel isolated um, emotionally. And with the physical isolation luckily I do live with some people but like I have not stepped into anyone's house since the pandemic happened and I'm okay with that I'm okay with making that sacrifice but when I start to see other people gathering and seeing their friends and family I start to have this resentment and it starts to really really weigh down on me and make me feel like all the effort that I'm putting into not seeing people is going out the window. I almost start to feel that way, even though I know that's not true. And I understand that people have their own quarantine bubbles. For instance, maybe maybe this person is visiting their family because their family doesn't go anywhere. And so that's why you're seeing some of that, which I'm trying to be open-minded about as well. But I think the main thing is just to let it go. If it's, if it doesn't have anything to do with you, just try to let it go. And that's all you really can do. And like I said, share your feelings, talk to somebody, call somebody, take care of yourself. We're already isolated physically. Like don't isolate yourself emotionally either by keeping everything in. And that's just something I'm trying to work on constantly. I was under like high stress and I started breaking out with cystic acne and cystic acne if you've had it is an awful welt it's a pimple that does not come to a head really um it's buried below under the skin I don't have the science terms for you right now but it's actually let's look it up cystic acne according to Healthline healthline.com It's the first Google result. Uh cystic acne is the most serious type of acne. Okay, well, that makes sense because it was seriously hurting. It develops when cysts form under deep underneath your skin. This can result from a combination of bacteria, oil, and dry cells that get trapped in your pores. Although anyone can develop acne, cystic acne tends to occur in people with oily skin. It's also more common in teens, women, and older adults with hormonal imbalances. Which says I should use different. Okay, I need to get some of that. Anyway. So pretty much, it's super deep in the skin. It's gross. It hurts really badly. And sometimes it leaves like, it's like a welt on your, wherever it is. For me, I had two of them on my forehead and I noticed that, uh, I've noticed in my many years of life now, it's about when I get, I tend to get them when there's high stress episodes that I'm having. And I even read somewhere that that can happen. You know, your hormones, I guess, can trigger your oils and you know, shit gets messed up. So don't quote me on the science on that, but it's pretty much, I'm just paraphrasing what I've read. So I was dealing with that and I decided to, I ended up giving myself a chemical burn on top of that. I'll tell you what happened. So I had the cystic acne, ouch, freaking sucks. Okay. I've been using this chemical peel that I absolutely love. And I'm a big, like, I, I love reading directions and it's my pet peeve when people don't read the directions. I think it clearly says don't put over broken skin or something like that, but I've done it before on tiny little blemishes and yeah, it'll sting. Okay. Ow. But I'm like, in my head, I'm just like, oh, it's working. It, like forget the signs but i'm just like it stings that means it's working you probably shouldn't shouldn't measure something's effectiveness by how much it burns probably not a good idea but let's be real that's sometimes i think that way i was like okay i've done it before i've put the peel the chemical peel over some of my blemishes before nothing happened okay so have this you know, ginormous cystic acne on my forehead that has kind of just erupted a little bit. And I was like, okay, we're gonna burn this we're gonna burn this thing away. Burn all the bacteria. Put the peel on. Stings a little bit. That's fine. That's normal. And it I'm not supposed to exceed ten minutes with the peel on. Of course, put the peel on, get on my laptop, get distracted. I'm like at 12 minutes, and I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, go to the sink. I carefully rinse it off, wipe it off, whatever, and do the rest of my skincare regimen. The next day, I wake up, and imagine if you had bangs. You get a flat iron, and you're flat ironing your bangs out for whatever look you're trying to do. I don't know. Haven't had bangs in a long time. But imagine... Doing that with the flat iron and sizzling your forehead with the flat iron right there. That's the kind of mark, burn mark that I had across my forehead. It was like a line. And I was like, oh my God. Like, not only is this, did I have the cystic acne that was gross on my head and, you know, opened a little bit. Now I have this burn mark that's scabbed up across my forehead. So yeah, walking around with a a dash on my head and trying to put makeup on it to cover it up. Okay, like no big deal. But okay, so now I have this dash on my head, this scab, and I'm kind of a little freaked out because I'm thinking, okay, is this going to scar a lot? Is there going to be like massive discoloration once it heals? What's going to happen? Don't know. So I started putting the CeraVe healing ointment on it, like every day, uh, like twice a day, maybe three times, and that really helped a lot. Um, the scab fell off, and there's some slight like discoloration there, like a light color of where the scab was, and it's slightly shiny. So hopefully, like the skin cells grow back, and I don't whatever I don't know not a doctor, not a scientist, but hopefully it gets better. I think it's getting better. So I'm going to keep putting the CeraVe ointment, which was a new purchase that I got that I'm glad I did because I think it's doing some wonders here for my burn. So I did that. And then um, after that was done, the other little cystic acne was starting to flare up and um, it hurts. This COVID stuff. Yes, it it's, it's super stressful. And you know, sometimes stuff like this happens where Your skin reacts to the stressors in your life. And just remember to talk about your feelings. There is an article that I read recently and it just said, just let it go. It's out of your control. Let it go. So I'm trying to do that and hopefully sharing that with you can help somebody. And just to share too that we're we're all going through this. I'm going through this. It's not easy. It's really not. And that's okay. That's it for my COVID catch-up segment. And now to get into my horror story. And this one, you know, as I'm going into the depths of my brain to really remember all of these things, I haven't worked in the industry in a while, but this particular incident stands out to me as one of the most frightening experiences I've had working as a makeup artist in retail. It was scary. I kind of feared for my safety, uh, so much that I feel like I'm missing bits and pieces of what happened because I think I blocked some of it out. So here we go. I remember hearing on the sales floor a lot of yelling. And there was a group of coworkers kind of gathered around where the yelling was taking place. So I noticed this woman, she was a blonde woman. She had a black Chanel purse. She had a teen daughter with her. And she was pretty much yelling at everyone. It was like a freak out fest. I went, you know, being the chismosa that I am. I went to see what was going on. Like, why are you yelling at everyone? <laughs> she apparently had lost her keys and she could not find them anywhere in the store. And I guess she was just yelling at everybody about the situation. I remember walking up to her and to my coworkers to see if I could get this lady out of here by helping her and just get getting her keys, get her out of here. So being the nice person that I am... I go to see if I can help defuse the situation. I learn that, yes, she lost her keys. She's freaking out. She's mad because nobody knows where her keys are and nobody can find them, which... Why are you yelling at people for that? You lost them. It's not It's not the makeup person's fault that you lost your keys. Why are you yelling? I had asked, you know, I'd asked the whole group, you know, did we call customer service to see if they found some keys? And they had said something like, oh, she was just over there. They didn't see anything. So I decide, well, let's just call again. I volunteered to call customer service. And I said, "Okay, you know what? I'm going to call customer service and see if they if anyone had turned it in. I start walking. Maybe it was about three to five feet from a phone. I, I started walking towards the phone. And next thing you know, she screams at me and she's like, Hurry up! You know, like... Uh, you know, Beauty and the Beast, the the original one, the Disney cartoon one? Where Belle goes into, what is it, the, the West Wing or the area where she's not supposed to go. It's, like, Beast's, like, secret room where he has the rose and, you know, he he told her she's not allowed to go there. And then when she goes in there and, like, she touches... She almost touches the rose or something like that and then he... He freaks out because he catches her in this forbidden room. And, and then he's like, get out. Ah! And he has like that roaring at the end at the same time he's yelling it. And she's like, ah! she's like running away. Well, That's kind of like what it was like. She was like the beast. That's what it reminded me of. So she's yelling at me, hurry. Ah! And I, I had never, I don't think... I've ever had anyone in my life scream at me like that and I was so shocked and I was standing there with the phone to my my ear. I didn't know how to respond but something inside me was like you need to counter her high raging energy and counter it by by being more up on an even keel and not feeding into it. I don't know what came over me but I just looked right at her. And I said, you do not get to yell at me. I'm trying to help you. So you have no right to yell at me like that. And everybody who was like around, who had got a verbal, who had gotten a verbal lashing from this woman, everybody, all my coworkers were just like, oh my God, like she just shut this lady down and stood up to this big bully. And I was kind of shocked myself. I had a little bit of like a, like my legs kind of went numb and had an out of body a little bit because it's just like, well, who, who is this? Who, who did I turn into? I just stood up for myself and that's not really something I notice that happens a lot in retail and being a makeup artist. Usually it's like we take the verbal abuse. We take the bullying from customers that are just awful Because a lot of times it's like the customer's always right. We can't argue with them. Don't argue with the customer. And a lot of times we just take it. And then sometimes, you know, that results in running to the back of the stock room and crying. But that day I was not, I was not going to let her get away with it. You just don't do that to people, especially when they're trying to help you. No. She was very shocked that I had said that to her. She was completely stunned. And so I'm talking to customer service and ask about the keys. They don't have them. And she is screaming still at everyone. And I felt really bad for her daughter, who was just completely embarrassed by her mom's behavior. And I don't know if this is just some kind of, hey, I'm filthy rich. I'm going to let you know it. You need to be my servants. I don't know. If that was just how she treated people on the regular, or if, and I'm not making fun of anybody who has a mental illness, but maybe perhaps she needed some medication. I don't really know. It was frightening, her behavior. And that's really all that I can speculate is maybe she was going through some kind of true mental breakdown. So after a while, she disappears. Goes away. I don't know. Maybe she found her keys. That's what I was thinking. I go about my day and I was on the other side of the sales floor and there wasn't really anyone around. And I remember being at a register and out of nowhere, the same woman comes and she ambushes me. She comes from behind me out of nowhere and she shoves her keys in my face, shaking them frantically and she goes, I found them. Like, okay, Uh, good. That's what we were trying to do. Cause you know, I'm thinking like, I actually don't know what I was thinking. I think I was really scared. I was so caught off guard because there was no one around. I thought this woman had gone away and she just came out of nowhere. And I was shocked. I couldn't move. And she was taunting me saying like I found my keys and I'm thinking okay good like that's what we wanted we wanted you out of here to get your your keys and be on your your way glad you found them and then she proceeds to say something along the lines of I'm gonna make sure that you don't work here anymore or something like you're gonna pay or some maniacal like threatening phrase that I just can't remember because I was like she had caught me so off guard I started trembling I was it was like fight or flight kicked in and I was like one of these is gonna happen I don't even remember saying anything because I was so frightened I just remember her as soon as she walked away so I remember just walking and surrounding myself around people and for fear that she might come back to find me. And I, I just remember just trembling, like my hands are shaking, like the feeling was just gone from my legs, and I I really felt like she had it in her to possibly hurt me. Who knows what she could have done. So that was my horror story of the person who lost their keys. I'm not really sure if there was a better way to handle her. I think maybe if I hadn't have stood up to her, she wouldn't have come back for me. But I think that was the scariest part was that a lot of time had passed, about maybe 45 minutes to an hour, and then she comes back out of nowhere. Like to me, the fact that she went to seek me out was was scary. Thinking back, okay, could, have, could I have done something different? And honestly, it probably would have been to not stand up for myself, to stand up for everyone else. But at the same time, I felt like it was just necessary. I felt like she needed to be put in her place. But now that I think about it is, what do you get out of standing up for yourself to someone who's so irrational? Did that woman even learn anything? I don't know that she did. So maybe my words of telling her you can't, you know yell at me is was really a waste and it just caused me to be attacked by her later who really wins i don't want artists or people to have to feel like they need to take a verbal bleeding from someone cuz that's not okay i think maybe what i could have done differently was grab a manager just be like okay give me a moment i'm going to go grab someone who can help you and just grab a manager Because maybe in a case like that, it's not worth standing up to somebody who is unstable. Because then you put your safety at risk. Day in the life of a makeup artist. Thank you for listening to another episode of Swatch of Horrors. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram or Twitter at Swatch of Horrors and follow rate review the podcast it is currently on major podcast platforms such as spotify apple google that will help the podcast grow and also take a screenshot right now of the episode that you're listening to and post it on your instagram story and tag swatch of horrors and i'll go ahead and repost them on the instagram